The theme for the afternoon talk is dealing with difficult emotions. In the body of the teachings of the Buddha, there is a great deal of uh, reference to, of course, our inner life, to the experiences of the intensification of feelings called uh, emotions, and the, the, the way that they play themselves out in our daily life, in our circumstances. And the exploration of these kinds of uh, experiences carries with it two or three uh, features. And it is valuable and important for us, from our own experience, to be as clear as possible about some of those uh, features. Sometimes, out of the blue, quite unexpectedly, with no forewarning, no obvious build-up, some waves of the inner life and particularly feelings, intensification of them, emotional life, just runs through us. But he uses this word, asava, A-S-A-V-A. He said, it's a flood. A flood of feelings. A flood of re reaction. And some of you will say, oh no, no, more than that, it's a tsunami. The inner life gets triggered in some way or other, we may pick up, notice something's going on with us. And then, quickly, day or night, at any moment, this rush takes place. With it, two things easily occur that arise. One is, naturally, all too humanly enough, there will be thoughts about what's going on with me why I am feeling like this, why I am going through this. And one of the main <coughs> aspects of the thoughts which run through the difficult emotion is the looking for the cause. And we hardly realise that the pressure called looking for the cause, called why am I like this, why am I going through this, is not, this is important, is not in any way a detached observation of the difficult emotion. It is it. It belongs to it. It's inseparable to it. But we imagine when we're going through the wave, a wave of regret, a wave of guilt, a wave of sorrow, a wave of terror, a wave of fear, a wave, a flood of anxiety, whatever it might be, that when we're going through it and the thought about it arises, it deceives us because you think the thought about what I am experiencing and my looking for the cause is somehow <coughs> transcendent to the experience. It's somehow unattached to it and my thought is looking at what I'm experiencing, as it were, objectively. No, 
no it's not mm. not a chance thought can never be separate from the movement it, it's part of it, it goes with it it belongs to it and whether the thought which we believe in in the wave of the difficult emotion is the thought why am I like this how has this happened to me where has this come from and with the waves taking place we start looking for some kind of answer how did it get here the Buddha uses a powerful analogy and the tradition but this tradition has passed it on from one generation of teachers to Dharma students all the way through he says it's comparable to being in the forest and somebody fires an arrow, bow and arrow, they fire an arrow and the arrow hits one and it's painful and it hurts and he says the thought is like asking where did this arrow come from? how did it get to me? how far did it travel? what's the wood made of? (laughs) who did this to me? one doesn't there start asking these questions unless one lost the plot and thought does that the whole purpose is to get the arrow out to finish with the arrow and we sometimes in the wave of the difficult emotion are looking for a cause and we think if we find the cause somehow it will make a difference to the emotion to the wave that I'm going through Sometimes the cause falls in two places and maybe a third. The two of the popular ones are some other poor devil might be a lover. Very popular in the Freudian world would be mummy and daddy my upbringing what somebody did to me and I say this no matter what or we may turn on ourselves it's my fault I did this to myself I am the cause of my own emotional waves and my own emotional problems or both he, she, they did this to me, I did it to myself. All pinpointing cause. Or sometimes we can't, in the third, find the cause. And in f- looking, or in looking and not finding, sometimes we just come to the conclusion, I don't know. I don't know why I'm experiencing this. I can't recall anything in my past. I can't think of anything that's going on around me in the future or whatever. I just don't know. It's still a pinpointing for a cause. Understand? If you're going through a wave of something, (coughs) are you pointing the finger at yourself? Are you pointing the finger at another or others? Or both? Or something else? Don't know. Life. Karma. 
It's just happening. Whatever. The movement, the cause, may or may not help. Mostly not, frankly. We sometimes look in this movement that goes on and the thought and its interpretation of the emotional difficulty and humanly enough and it may be helpful we will often look to the past to the past and that past may be very very recent this happened and that happened and this happened and now I'm going through this now I'm experiencing this or because we have the power to do that may not be wise nor skillful but we do have the capacity in life to look quite a long way back you may go back to childhood earlier than childhood and there's no question that in life in its movement difficult things do happen no question very difficult some of you will know better than I problems arise no question but still the resolution of the issue must be primary not the pointing finger no matter where because it may fuel the emotion you're sitting in the meditation cushion you're walking up and down you're feeling angry you're feeling upset somebody said the wrong thing and not communicating clearly you're listening to us at the front you get angry with us you remember somebody who's important to you in your life in the past or present you get angry or get afraid or negative you know all the waves that come and we start experiencing the movement of these waves whatever whoever whatever we start blaming ourselves we're no good we have no self-worth we've never done anything right our life is in a complete mess, etc. It's a familiar, a familiar story. It's far more popular mantra than Om Mani Padme Hum. <laughs> and so it goes on inwardly and in, inwardly and outwardly. The difficulty with the thought that is asserting itself is it is the wood, the petrol for the fire of the emotion. <coughs> It's inseparable from the event. The interpretation of your so-called self, my so-called self, that interpretation of the self is it. That is it. So when I say, oh God, I'm useless, I'm hopeless, I've never done anything right, never said anything right, I... It was a complete aberration of the DNA that I was born, or whatever it might be. Whatever the view that arises, the mind in its ego, in its self-deceit, imagines it is talking objectively, or defining, or judging, or commentating objectively about something. There is no something that it is talking about. It's just the commentary. It's just the view. And the view is not the view of me. The view is me. Whoa. Whoa. And there's nothing like a good old tsunami of emotion 
to really bring out the notion of me. It's never as strong as when one is in an emotional wave. It's an incomparable human experience, the emotional wave. There's nothing quite like it for the reinforcement of the commentator, the judge, the viewer, the, the believer, and the reaffirmation of self and ego. That's why we take a great interest in its movement. Great interest in it, because it's a fiction. It's not, the commentator is not saying anything about anything. It's an extraordinary phenomena. So you say, okay, I find my mind, I'm a human being, I've got these waves, I've got these difficulties. I find my mind going to the past. It may be, maybe, from the standpoint of a psychology of the inner life, valuable to engage in some reflection inwardly or with another, one of the teachers or whatever on some of the conditions that contribute from past to present. It can be helpful to look at the process of what is unfolding to maybe have a little sense of why, as it were, I have arrived at where I am now. I don't want us to be so ruthless with our inner life that we engage in some kind of denial of our history. But I'm not saying the looking at the history is the resolution. And the reason it can't be the resolution is frankly we cannot get to our history. It's history. It's as dead as a dodo. It's finished. It's gone. It was. I can't literally, actually and factually go back to the last moment of life let alone 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or those of us who are well established in the grey haired club one can get back to it all that I can do as a human being is have a recollection of memory which has to be the interpretation of the event. I can't get to the event. I can't get to the past. All I can do is have some thoughts about it. My thoughts about it may be accurate, may be fairly precise, but may not be. They may be... Mara, you heard the word Mara, the devil in us, temptation, deception, misleading, <laughs> the passage of time, the movement of consciousness, other feelings and emotions and thoughts which you and I have experienced and gone through over years. Can we really put hand on heart and say, you know, I can leap all over that. And I can go back to that, whatever that may be, yesterday, last year, five years ago, and leap through all that's gone in between and have a really absolutely crystal clear objective view about what happened. 
whatever. And even if you do, those of you who do remember, and our heart reaches out to you, who do remember critically traumatic periods in your life, very painful events, violence, health, death, loss, anguish, separation, deeply difficult things that we have to deal with with life. Even if one remembers with great clarity and really knows that what happened over that period of time, short or long, it doesn't mean to say, because I am crystal clear with no projection into it of what those events were, it does not mean to say it will make one drop of difference to your emotional wave. That's the problem with it. One has no guarantee that the reference to the past is the resolution of the present. No matter what your psychiatrist and your psychologist and your therapist and others tell you. There's no guarantee. Life doesn't work like that. Life is very dynamic. Life doesn't care two hoots about the past. Life doesn't have a direction. Hold. It just expresses itself. And our life is expressing itself. So we're, what, how are we going to deal with it? Yes, there can be some value in turning the attention to the past. I don't want to dismiss it. Yes, there can be some value in looking at the dynamic, say, between you and another person, and the anguish or the difficulty that's generated. Yes, there can be uh, some insight and under understanding how transference and projections take place, and that we find ourselves living what I refer to as you know, hyper-realities, living in a world of such projections of mind about ourselves and about others, we actually, we don't know what reality is anymore. We don't know what is true anymore because we've got so used. And the Buddha uses this word papancha. Powerful word, it's a great word in the text. And the word papancha it means this has kind of different meanings. I try to get the word over to you. It has the meaning of projections. And we often project onto others or onto ourselves. There's no real connection with anything authentic or real. It also means this proliferation, for those of you for English second language, just thinking too much about anything, about our so-called selves or others. It has this uh, sense and feeling in this uh, papancha of investing in something so that we can't see whatever that is clearly. Sometimes that papancha, that projection, is into our role. One sits up here, as somebody was uh, wisely saying this morning in the group, the privilege of sitting up here. When papancha enters into it, it means that the role starts to build up. And in the role building up, that which is the most difficult for a human being to be really liberated from becomes apparent. It's called conceit. One gets conceited about the role, position. 
it's called pride it's called showing off it's called uh, arrogance whatever all of that means that there's a communication taking place but there's extra going along with it called projection about oneself or papancha and that will bring with it need for approval has to always in there somewhere sometimes the projection we have in this emotion and thought life is in the view is in the view that means it is in the thought if you're experiencing difficulty if you're having a hard time today or whatever the thought about it if there is projection into the thought please be very clear about one thing it will make your difficult emotional wave bigger if you're using the language of as uh, Jayaji was speaking this is the worst thing that ever happened to me in my whole life oh come on I don't think I can stand this for another minute. This is a nightmare. Why didn't I stay wherever I was? The very reaction in the thinking, whatever it might be, in many examples you and I know, the reaction in the thinking means one has just poured a bit more petrol onto the fire of the emotion. The projection into the thought feeds it. Painful. Painful. That meeting of thought and emotion and the extraordinary influence between the two is usually, nearly always, wrapped up in the story. When something is going on and we're having a rough time of it, there is a story. The self, other, what's happening to me, why this is like this, makes up the story. It is the story. And this story that we have can be so strong for us, it's as if nothing else in this whole universe matters just me and what I'm feeling me and my experience me and my wave and that in a world and all the waves very humanly of course blocks out everything else I mean just to take a small little you know, let me just swing to our life to the other end of the spectrum for a moment you and me are one of six billion people on this earth. This earth is in a galaxy. Do you know how many stars are in this galaxy? There are more stars than grains of sand on this earth. That's one, more than 100 billion stars. Do you know how many galaxies there are? 
there are more than 200 billion galaxies. And we're making a fuss. I mean, we are such extraordinary creatures. I don't think there could have ever been in all these galaxies any species quite as eccentric as our own. (laughs) (laughs) That we can make such a drama out of an event and totally lose sight that we are just small, humble, ordinary little creatures made of the same stuff as the moon and the stars and the, and the sun and the earth and the water and the elements. Just made of all of that with a little bit of consciousness if we're very lucky. <laughs> it's a rare event in our species. And, all that, and then something builds. But for its building... The story is the critical condition to hold the drama. I have to identify and make much of the story that goes with it. And Dharma teachings say, yes, be aware of that. Yes, look into that extraordinarily clearly. But never, never let us forget for one moment that what really matters in life is outside of the story. It's not the story. What really matters in life is not found in all of that configuration and the trauma and the drama and the terror and the horror and the fear and the anxiety that goes with it. How are we going to work with this? How are we going to make that really workable in our sittings, our walkings, our standings, in our communications with the teachers, with our inquiries, or whatever. It isn't easy. And it'd be foolish and uh, naive to anybody offers some kind of simple solution to this. Foolish. But somehow the interest, there's a great statement of the Buddha, it says, Vedana ne Vedana, it's in the Pali, in the Thai but it says there are four primary areas to look at to address in life. Bodily life, including breath. Vitally important. We're clear about the elements of our being rather than all the projection that goes into it. Feeling life. The intensification of feelings, emotions. The states of mind. Vitally important. And third, the fourth is our relationship to the world. Body, feeling, states of mind in our relationship to the world. Sight, sound, smells, tastes and touch. That's our world. There's no other world for us to attend to. And with the feelings that arise there, use this. Not just see the feelings. It's a potent term. It says to see the feelings in the feelings. And this is a huge task. What is meant by that? How can we uh, uh, apply that? First of all, in the respect to the life. If there is strong movement going on, some of you may be sitting here and say, I'm glad I haven't had any of these great waves. (laughs) And I'm very glad too. 
makes our life much easier, I have to say. Yeah. But one doesn't know, as I say, one doesn't know. And sometimes in the movement that takes place, this is important, there may have to be, when there is a very strong movement, that there is a, pra- a parallel movement of the body as movement to go with it. There are some teachers, teachings, in the Buddhist tradition, sadly, who will tell you, just sit with it, sit through it. Take no notice of them. Take no notice of that view. It's too small, it's too narrow, it's too restricted, and it may be not only unhelpful, not only unhealthy, but actually destructive. Sometimes the wave that's moving is so strong to actually say, I am going to sit like, <coughs> sit through this nightmare is not in harmony, not in accordance with what's appropriate. Because it will mean that the power of the will will be entering into the sitting and you will be exercising control. And when you're exercising control, I'm going to sit through this, whatever this is, it will be a thought with control, with more pressure, and you'll either just push back all that emotion, right back into the body, it has to go somewhere, or you'll create such a pressure, it will be like a dam bursting Wisdom is the resolution, not control, <coughs> not the pressure. And sometimes, and it's just appropriate, sit and you think, too much just sitting through this, too much being with this, too strong, it's too intense, it, it's uh, too traumatizing, whatever it might be. You get up, you might stand, you might recline. If it's still too much, leave the hall. Be a free human being. Go out. Walk out. Be in the nature. Let, let, the, let the body move. Move with it. Sometimes it's still too much. Dance. <laughs> Dance. Let the energy flow more freely. Don't control. Don't try to fight it. It may be that you can sit. You can use a reclining posture. You can stand. You can walk up and down. And all of that, you listen to yourself, you listen to your being. You respect your silence, you respect your inner life, but you use your skill from what you know of yourself to see what is appropriate for you to deal with a difficult wave. Otherwise you're just submitting to dogma. You're just being second-hand people and just doing what somebody else tells you what to do. You could find your way. And the movement and the stillness to movement and the expressions of that is a way to find your way through the working with. You're not running away from it. You're not losing yourself in television, alcohol, drugs, uh, sleep and barfy. You're actually being with it in the silence but using the body as a skillful means for that. Intention, the precious intention, is that in the giving of the attention to this, it means that 
you're less interested in what the thought says you're less interested in the story you've been over the story probably a thousand times you've probably bored the hell of every teacher in India about it but forget not so interested in the story you want to get to the deep and the deep through the posture or through movement is what is the deeper feeling that's taking place and sometimes we need a little bit of metaphorical language sometimes it helps a little bit of poetic language so one person uh, yesterday like others nose was running and maybe tears and the cold and all that there and the, the eyes are uh, coming out so a bit of poetic language as uh, Jaya with the evening uh, talk yesterday so I just said oh, when the nose is running it's a, it's a waterfall and when the, when the tears are running down their face oh there's some nice raindrops passing by just to change the view a little bit a little bit more sense of, oh, this is just elemental life manifesting itself. But still, we want to know what the deep is. Something is liberating about the deep. And the deep is deeper than the thought, because the thought's upstairs in the attic. Nothing up there worth taking any notice of, unless it's just a, a quiet description of the event, no more not concerned with the story which is the impact of the emotions and the, and the thoughts and the memory no story without those three working together what is the deep? the deep is in the feeling see the Dharma teaching says see the feeling in the feeling in any of the postures including the dance, the movement posture and in seeing the feeling and the feeling you might feel it in your chest, in the stomach in the deepest place it may not be easy to relax into that area. I'm not saying it's an easy path. But you're getting a little bit deeper to the authentic moment here and now. It's not a memory. You're not trying to use pictures and images. You're going to what your experience is inside your body and you're working there. And because it's there that you're going to find the resolution. And the resolution won't be as you think. It won't be, oh, my life would be just perfect if this person would just get out of my life. It, my life would be just great if I wasn't born with these parents. <laughs> well, you are. Yeah, we've all got them. Bless them. So, in the looking and the exploration that's touching deep, it won't be easy to relax inwardly. I'm not talking surfacely on the edge of the body. I'm talking inwardly, inwardly into the deepest place where the feeling is. And sometimes it may seem to open the dam of the wave even stronger. No guarantee. So then you may have to say, Soddy, I'm not sitting here for one minute trying to observe this deep feeling because I'm just back into these asavas, this flood. Okay, get off your ass, move. But don't move too far away from the deep at all so in the contact with the touch with the feeling with the deep even sometimes you might go to the location in the deep this feeling it makes so let's say it's a stomach area it's a uh, popular spot you go to the area where the deep you may just feel there it may be that the waves 
no longer there. You think, well, what's the point? But it moves through there. The sensations, the cellular life is affected through. Quietly, quietly, just explore. Not staying concentrated on the one spot. Just explore feelings, sensations, what's there. You may find yourself going back up into the story. Okay, the story's coming out again. Open the eyes not to feed, so as not to feed the story. Then return more deeply. Just feel it through, feel it through. It's very dramatic, very intense. You may have to communicate, communicate with the teachers and then listening to that get a bit more perspective and then still going to the deep. Why? Because if you have touched it well, if you have touched it clearly and have learned to be at the deepest place, that means seeing the feeling and the feeling, to use the, the Buddha's exact words, to see the feeling and the feeling, one thing is assured. If you see the feeling and the feeling, that your feelings about the situation will change fundamentally, your thoughts about yourself and the situation will change fundamentally, your way of looking at the past will change fundamentally, and you will be able to acknowledge the story and the event and it is no longer an emotional difficulty. That's the proof. The drama is over. It's finished. Finished. What in one clear, authentic seeing of the feeling in the feeling. It's, the, it's a liberator for the being. And if it hasn't, you go back again. You explore again. Because you want to be a liberated human being. You don't want to be a, a prisoner to emotion. You want to live with love and passion and connectedness and authenticity and inner quiet, inner power without conceit. And sometimes one doesn't know, what, what happened? What happened to that terrible drama that's been such a pain in the ass my whole life? What's happened to that, that issue which I've felt could never be resolved? And sometimes we just don't know. But what we do know, the problem has gone. Hallelujah. Allah is merciful. See the feeling in the feeling. And for those of you listening, etc. Please don't go looking for an emotional wave so you can see the feeling and the feeling. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> Be content you feel okay. Just trust and uh, as one person who's been here for the previous retreat, so I use a rather lovely word today, just uh, it's a kind of trust in the rhythm. Don't go looking for drama. If it needs to emerge, it will emerge. And sometimes in life and in the extraordinary process of life, as the Buddha said in one of the profound, somewhat mysterious things of life, is though in the West, West I'm talking the culture, let us say, there is a very common view to resolve something, you have to go to it. 
there's a fire, you have to go to it. In every case. This generalization is not true. It's a gross generalization. And what I mean by that is, in the depth, in the exploration of the immediacy of life, huge problems of life can be totally resolved without having to give a single thought to them. Wow, nice. Not even having to put all that attention into seeing the feeling and the feeling. Oh, what a relief. But sometimes the human being can discover, can realize, can come to an insight, and it's such a shift in the consciousness that those features of the consciousness which were supported with problems and worries and tensions and conditionality and habits and obsessions just disappears. One shift in the consciousness and a load of stuff can go. Wonderful. Wonderful. What a lovely thing that we can come to great realisation without having to work it all out. May, may this be for everybody. But if it isn't, see the feeling of the feeling. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings live with deep love. May all beings experience and know a liberated life. Let's have a couple of quiet minutes together, shall we?